Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, you're very nice. It's called... Uh, very long applause. Sometimes I don't even really get the mic out before it stopped. Uh, but uh, welcome, Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast. There's all the cool kids are calling it Rehef. No, too slow. Uh, <laughs> not cool enough. Uh, it's just a sort of uh, daily chat. That we're nearly over. It's quite good. I'm just, uh, I'm just kind of freewheeling down the hill now. I'm not really putting much effort into it. Uh, so, just got. Another 59 minutes to fill. Uh, so, uh, no, I'm very excited to be. I'm actually kind of near, although there's mucus at the back of my throat, as you can hear. Sexy, huh? Uh, I, um, I'm, I'm kind of better. Uh, I was out. Uh, Nicholas Parsons came to my show last night, the uh, 88-year-old uh, host of Just a Minute, who remembers Sale of the Century. Colin does. Uh, sorry I called you. Uh, have you listened to yesterday's uh, podcast yet, Colin? Don't listen to it. Uh, so, um, <laughs> don't listen to it. Don't sue me for the things I said about you. <laughs> um, I didn't mean any of it. It was just a kind of joke. Colin usually sits there. He's furious with you. He'll be looking at you all. He's he got you too late today. And there's a beautiful woman in Colin's seat. And I'm not sure Colin's real. Can you see him? No. Because no, I got. I think only I can see him. But it's kind of. He, he's just shy. No, it's quite dark everywhere else. I can't really see anyone else from the second row. But Colin's shining out like a. It's a kind of ghost. Uh, so, yeah, but Nicholas, I've had all sorts of... Stuff. I'm, you know, a lot of comedians have these kind of trendy celebrity fans. Uh, I don't like to boast about him. Nicholas Parsons is obviously one of the better ones uh, for me. I've had Roland Gift from Fine Young Cannibals. Remember them? No, no you do. Uh, and just because you're way too... He's like a slightly darker-skinned Stuart Lee, but he's, he's, kept, his, but he's kept his looks. Uh, uh, <laughs> despite being older than Stuart. Uh, who else? Marlon Dingle from Emmerdale came. Yeah, look impressed, because it is impressive. Janet Ellis came, but she didn't bring her daughter with her, though she's brought her daughter to other shows. So I'm slightly annoyed about that. Sophie Ellis-Bexter, you know, like a little crack on that. But uh, <laughs> I'd like to have a crack. But um, just of chatting up, what do you think? Oh, you disgust, you disgust. Um, but um, it was, you know, it's kind of. I've, I've been sort of so ill and feeling tired, and then Nicholas Parsons comes along. He does. He's doing. I mean, on his show today, if you want to see me being interviewed by Nicholas Parsons, uh, but he does like research and stuff for his show. He goes and sees the shows the day before. <laughs> Seems a lot of work. I don't. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen any shows. I don't even know who half these people are who come on here. I just have to kind of bluster my way through and try and work it out pretend when I'm asking the questions I'm kind of just going yeah uh, so what uh, what have you been doing recently it's quite a good way of finding out who they are Um, (laughs) Mick Foley had no idea what he did just sort of appeared I've never heard of him Uh, but um, so it kind of made me feel a bit kind of uh, bad that um, I've been complaining about being ill when an 88 year old man is uh, is coming up and doing the show for 12 years and uh, still seemed fairly fit and and good so uh, look out for that he apologised for not having me on just a minute I don't think it was his fault. Uh, but he, yeah, he's done two Just a Minutes. It's been fantastic. So, yeah, but, um, I think we might just crack on. Why not? I'll tell you what's coming up later. Uh, we've got a competition later on where one of you can win, one of you here, not you at home, can win tickets to Steve Gribbin, who was on yesterday. He was fantastic. Uh, and Lee Fenwick. Um, you can win. Uh, stand USB stick. I might just give a few of these out like that. Look, you've won one already. Just for just for turning up. One of them fell on the floor. It's gone. So if you can find that, you've got two, I think. Uh, you can win some brilliant things from Go Faster Stripe, who promote this show, uh, who sponsor it uh, by giving me some free DVDs. Uh, they are brilliant. Do go and lock, uh, go along, and go a lock, and uh, what? Go to W W. Can't speak. Uh, 
I might just get... It's been, I've done 21 of them. I mean, it's a lot to expect me to do 22, don't you think? I think it's too much to expect. Uh, I've got Z- DVDs of, uh, from Go Faster Stripe. Do go and look at their stuff. That's fantastic. Mr. Bartlett, Mr. Willis, which is Simon Munnery and Kevin Eldon. Uh, Richard Herring, What is Love Anyway? Pretty good DVD. It's just new out. It's got Me 1 versus Me 2 snooker on it. Richard Herring, Oh, fuck, I'm 40. I wish I was 40. Fuck, I wish I was 40. Why was I complaining about being 40? I'm 45... I was single, could do what I wanted. Ah, oh, fucking idiot. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I was so happy. If you watch that show, you'll know how happy I was when I was 40. And um, uh, War and Peace, Crime and Punishment, uh, Andrew Collins. And also, I've been, uh, every year I do, uh, for my shows, I do a charity program, because that's, that's a bit of water on there, um, which is kind of kind of guy I am. Uh, this is the Talking Cop program, but people will donate to get their names in there. Did you donate, Colin? Uh, you missed it. You let me down. Uh, and so, and then I send them out a, 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 a limited edition program. But Dave Warburton doesn't want his, uh, and th- so I'm going to give that away as a prize today. But Dave Warburton, it, this is it for, li- for Richard Herring fans, was the 18 year old virgin who uh, nearly came to me with me to Loch Ness to kill the Loch Ness monster <laughs> in the show, in the show uh, Twelve Tasks of Hercules Terrace. So that's a kind of that's his limited edition program. You could. I mean, it's kind of the worst celebrity thing you could ha- ever have. I have got the signed programme for Dave Warburton. He's uh, travelling around Asia and he's having loads of sex, uh, as I understand it. Well, that's what I'm imagining. Um, so he's not, I don't think he is still a virgin, like nine years on. It'd be a bit sad if he was. But he was a virgin in uh, 2003. Good. Well, we've uh, talked about the virginity of a small young man. He was a small boy at the time. <laughs> I thought it would be a bit weird to go to Loch Ness with him in the end. I should have done it. If I was a really good comedian, I would have taken him with me. But I kind of thought, it might just be a bit awkward having an 18-year-old boy sleeping on the floor at the end of my bed in the hotel. It'd be difficult to explain. I tried to kill the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, you don't like me now, do you, Scottish people? Going, why, would, why would you kill our monster? That's all. That's all we have. That's the only reason people come up here. That's an, that's an impression of a Scottish person. I don't know if you have you been to these shows before. Not this one, no. You've, you've been not this year, but you've been. No, this is the first. Have you ever listened to my podcasts online? No. So you, this is a kind of new experience for you, isn't it? And you're kind of wishing you hadn't come, aren't you? They're saying, "Why? You're thinking, why? Do, what is this? Really, just going to be a man shouting in a Scottish accent about the? It'd be good if I killed the Loch Ness monster. It would prove it existed. You could stuff it, stick it in a museum. More people would come and see that than just come to look at an empty lake, which is what they're doing at the moment. It's a lock! How dare you call it a lake? It's a lock! I hate Scottish people. I don't know why I come here every year. I just hate them. I, I hate all of them. Um, so, uh, I don't... I love you, I love you, I love you. Uh, the, the staff of the stand just like slightly getting out cudgels. And... Sorry. Let's go, I've gone mad. I've gone... I've gone mad. <laughs> So we've got fantastic guests, and I should get him on, because he's got to rush off at three o'clock uh, to be in a play. Uh, uh, he was going to come dressed in his, his costume, I was going to call it a uniform for the show, uh, which was black tie, but he didn't get time, so he's just going to wear his normal clothes. Will you please welcome the incredible Simon Evans, ladies and gentlemen! Simon Evans! Oh, he's not here. Yes, he is. There he is. He's got a hat on. <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? 
Good fully dressed you. and ready to run. You when it comes got, your, to, got your coat on. I have. I've got my coat, my hat, my glasses, and I've got everything ready. <clears throat> I think this looks all right, this outfit, but I just, as I was coming on, I just looked in the mirror and I was suddenly reminded of that Harry Enfield character that pops his head around doors and says, only me, and that's not the look I was going for when I left the flat this morning, so I don't know. Oh, well, you're, anyway, you're we're really closer than we thought, so I can take the glasses off. So you're a sartorially elegant man, usually. Thank though. You, you I saw much. you uh, at Setlist the other night, and you were wearing a, a sort of well, a waistcoat and yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very nice yeah, thing. absolutely. I do like tailored clothes yes. when I'm doing stand-up because it is essentially a very degrading job, <laughs> and I just cling to any kind of wreckage of dignity I can get. Because I get you've given up on I that aspect given up. of it. I, mean, I, do, I do wear a, <laughs> I wear a suit in my in my main show, but it's like just one off the peg that I didn't even that yeah, I haven't yeah. even really altered. It's like the, the Mr. Byright. That's probably gone, that one. Is it Madhouse? No, is it? I don't know what It was very cheap. It was a, it's a uh, Jeff... What's his name? That bloke who used to be married to Lou. Banks. Jeff Banks. Uh, and uh, it's a bit, bit long. The, the trousers are a bit long. But and your style is much more... Because you have this great low centre of gravity, you know, really, <laughs> which is, you know... It's like Kitson and so on. These kind of people. They're, 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 you know, it's a very good approach to stand-up comedy. I'm like a, a ridiculous bird perched <laughs> up on a tree that's trying to maintain its dignity in the teeth of... Vast evidence to the contrary. You right. know, it's a different. Approach. Well, funny enough, I was offered because uh, because my metro column there's a picture of me in a suit, and a couple of people have emailed me and gone, "What's the fuck with that suit? It doesn't fit you." Yeah. And it's and I go, "Well, it's sort of that's part of who I am. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not part. Of, I, great I'm, tailoring could make you look great. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Really good tailoring that used to be the alternative to going to the gym. Yeah. You know, in a more gentle era, I, the whole point of a good gentleman's tailor was a well-cut suit would disguise all manner of disfigurement. Absolutely. You know, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I did have a got I got a tailored suit for my uh, wedding that Al Murray kindly paid for. For me, wow. that was my wedding present, which is amazing. And also, as a result of the Metro article, someone wrote a letter into Metro saying, "Can you get Rich Terring a new suit because he looks yeah. messy?" Uh, and then a tailor, a Savile yeah. Row tailor, emailed me to offer me a free tailored suit. But Lovely. I but you've never got, taken him up on it. I haven't got t- in touch with him yet. Are you afraid that it will take you down the Jimmy Carr route generally? But also, I kind of you know sort of think, well, I'm not gonna if I do it, I'm not gonna write about it, or you know, I think you might be expecting something. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that is yeah, because I used to think know. about that a lot. I used to think, have I, am I? successfully enough to try and get somebody to make me something <laughs> it's a horrible nasty kind of lizard like mentality it's weird when you get on it. TV it sort of starts happening that's what when, when we when me and Stu kind of did uh, Fist of Fun the first time I think the second series we kind of t- Ted Baker got in touch and said do you want to come in and uh, right. you know, we'll give you some free clothes to wow. and we went in to meet the woman and Stu was so grumpy about it and Stu was just yeah. really embarrassed about it yeah. and he said to the thing, he said oh I sometimes wear your shirts but I always cut the name out of them because I think it's really vain you know they, you know, they have that little bit <laughs> yeah. And you go, probably, she probably don't say that to the person. <laughs> probably don't say that in the meeting where they decide we didn't get any free clothes from Ted Baker. I was, I was really furious because I loved, I loved wearing, because they were like 70 pounds each, those shirts. It was unbelievable yeah. that when we were on TV and people. There was, is, you pitched it just right there. There is something really poignant about being excited about free Ted Baker clothes. Yeah, you know, it is, it is, yeah. But as a young, you know, we, we had nothing and you got onto TV and then you said, why, why was. Why weren't people offering us free clothes when we had nothing? Yeah, yeah. Because we were no use to no, them, obviously. No, but, no. but there we go. So how's, how's Edinburgh been going? If you hadn't Fantastic. Thank you so much, yeah. Edinburgh, uh, which I take it to be represented by your cross-section of audience. <laughs> yeah. Sold out my entire run, which I've never, ever had before. Wow. I should probably have gone for a, a larger venue than yeah. the, uh, the three-seater. But, uh, <laughs> you know... <laughs> 
But it's good to get your name up on that board. It That's the main good. thing. Well, I think there's a lot. You know, it's sort of ridiculous. I'm in a much too big venue, which I've sold out like three times in the whole run, and not really baggy venue. It is baggy. Trying to, it's a mentality you've got, isn't <laughs> it? it? Baggy is, clothes, it baggy it venue. Yeah. But yeah, but it is. I've gone for a tightly fitted, tailored venue. <laughs> even though it makes no difference financially, you know, whether you have you know 300 or 400 seat venue, it yeah. kind of psychologically, I think it makes a massive difference to sell. You know, to be selling out and yeah, going yeah, on yeah. and it's full. Well, it does create a domino effect. Boringly, I mean, but that yeah. is that is the best marketing you can have. If people become even vaguely aware that your show is selling out, that's all they care about. It is, yeah, you yeah. know, it's just like queues in Russia. People join them and then ask what they're queuing for. You know, that's a, you know, it's the same thing in Edinburgh. <laughs> so, uh, well, you've been on, uh, you've done quite a, quite a lot of TV recently, haven't you? You've been no, I haven't. Like, no, not in the last year. That's really the funny not. thing. I did a little bit right off the back of Edinburgh last year. I did the McIntyre Roadshow yeah. and I did uh, one mock the week. Right. Um, you know, and I didn't get invited back for the second series. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't, don't want to get into all of that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I really haven't done that much. No. I don't know. I've done a bit more Radio Four. You know, I do yeah. that a little bit more. But I honestly, I'm not being going to. You know, I don't know what it is, but it seems to be quite random that yeah. one year suddenly everyone goes, "Oh, all right, then we'll go and see that." You know, because no, two good. years ago I was twenties and thirties in the crowd. You know. Yeah. Numbers rather than you yeah. know, attractive young people. I still <laughs> don't get those. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably in their 20s. I've still yeah. got it. Uh, they didn't know what they were coming for, did you? Have you come to see Simon? Is that what it is? You couldn't get into his show? What? what dra- You're a fan and you drag them down. That's what always happens with me, right? And what happens <laughs> is when you get out, they go, why the fuck did you invite that was shit? Yes. And you'll, you'll go, oh, no, I don't like him that much. He was good on... Yeah. He did, he did, She's he sitting there thinking I could be shopping in Roche Street right now. <laughs> 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 but there we go. Um, so... Um, I'll ask, I'm going to ask you the rude question straight away. I usually yeah. hold off on these. I'm going to take this out because it, it feels out. weird that I'm on and you're off. It's a bit like yeah. we're, we're the Everly Brothers and we haven't agreed what our style yeah, is. is. <laughs> for, the, for listeners at home, he's talking about his penis. So uh, <laughs> I, I've, been, I've just been gently wanking for yes. the first five minutes. Simon, <laughs> Simon slightly put off. He thought, well, do I join <laughs> in? Do I just wait do for I the finish? Do I reach across or do it? Is it a one-on-one? So now we're, we're doing the same. Okay, um, I ask all my uh, guests this question, so I don't think it's... And you know, I think you're the you're quite a posh man. Or you give, give no, what we, is that the question? I can, no. I can answer that one. Yeah, no, let's but, go into no. it because you have the demeanour of quite yeah. an educated and posh. I, would, no, I went to a comprehensive school, and I'm, I guess my parents were just about lower middle class. My grandparents were very, very working class. My yeah. father had a disease in his lungs from working in a rubber factory all his life. Yeah. The other one was a council gardener, so they really were, you know, proper I really working class. don't think that's true. No, it is. True. I, I imagine your dad sort of was uh, yeah. kind of high in the army, or something like that. You travelled the world. It's bizarre. I don't know where this demeanour. <laughs> <laughs> from and I really was unaware that I had it until I started doing stand-up comedy and of course the first couple of times I went and did stand-up comedy and it was all you know you, you talk about what you think you want to talk about and then you listen to the audience and they go no that's not right that's not you <laughs> <laughs> and you talk about this uh, that and then and then you happen upon what it is and you say something snobbish about people they go that that's you yeah, yeah. You're, you're that snob that hates poor people and, <laughs> <laughs> and wants to <laughs> you know shoo them away from your, your mock Georgian front door and so you know that's that's what if you want to make a living, that's what you have to be. Well, you it know, it's quite interesting because it is, you know, it's against, <laughs> it is against kind of natural uh, instincts maybe to be yeah. rude to an audience. So certainly, you're yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. You, well, are, you do have that superiority. Not, sort yeah, of no, thing. it's not against my. Instinct. I, well, the thing is, and I hope this is it comes across. What I think is funny is somebody who thinks they're being polite to the audience but is accidentally rude to them. I think if you're just rat out and out rude, that's kind of boorish, yeah. you know, unless somebody's asking for yeah. it. Yeah, fuck you, Scotland. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> But somebody, you know, the, the fun is all to be had in appearance. Because, no, I think it's really good what you gay chaps are doing. Bravo, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. You know. <laughs> and then it's kind of, oh, God, I don't do that. You know. And that's where the fun is, you know. But, but you have to sort of meander towards finding these yeah. things, you know. Sometimes, and I think every Edinburgh show usually contains about half an hour of stuff which, which you've got right and half an hour which you're still not quite getting right, you know. Mm. And I, uh, 
I mean, sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes people come up with a polished show. But I think that's the lovely thing about having an, uh, an hour every night for a month is you can keep pushing things around until you find out, you know, hopefully you don't completely sell out all your ideals in the, in the name of a laugh, <laughs> but you sort of have to find the route to get to the laugh that you wanted no, to. No, definitely. You know? And it's nice to guess to do a show uh, that many times in a row because you yeah. don't really have the opportunity to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, try it different do, ways every yeah. night. You know, all sorts of little different things will make a difference. But anyway, to get back to the, you know, I'm not posh. And, and I know lots of uh, comedians are, you know, who genuinely... Much posher than me, and and have this kind of mockney accent, and you know, oh, what's it like when you're waiting for a bus, eh? You know, you, you don't know, you haven't taken a bus in years, you know. <laughs> you were chauffeured to the gig. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. You get out of your limousine. Yeah. <laughs> so the question I was going to ask, yeah, is if you um, <laughs> if you had to have sex with an animal, if you had to have sex with an animal, maybe your family a non-human animal. Well, yes, not in the, the human species does not count yeah, okay. as an animal. Um, but you can choose any animal I you remember, want. I remember having this conversation ten years ago and I was de- de- definitely in favour of the tiger. Right. But I think I was pro- that was probably some braggadocio involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck the tiger. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you can get up behind it, it's kind of, kind of, it must be quite hard for it to get once you've got behind it. Yeah, well, you'd have it by the tail, it. wouldn't <laughs> you? Which, <laughs> is a, which is a proverbial situation. <laughs> yeah, that's how... No, Lucy, <laughs> Porter also, Lucy Porter also chose the tiger, but it's a slightly different thing. Oh, as a female, that's, yeah. that is a bit different, isn't it? <laughs> it yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's in, in all seriousness... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some of them are supposed to have quite convincing, uh, you know, c- yeah. capacity, aren't they? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily you enough, seem to have researched it more than I, I have. think it would not be another one of the great apes, which is surprising, isn't it? You <laughs> it would is. think they would be the most, you know, the, the closest. closest. But perhaps that would be the weird thing about it that you, would, you know, you would almost get lost in the moment and forget, <laughs> and then you would come back to reality. <laughs> I think like a chimp might be okay. No, I think a chimp would be like, way too angry. <laughs> That'd be far too much like my wife. I think, uh, <laughs> in that respect, alone. That'd be, I think... I don't a howler monkey? They're probably, all howler in monkeys all honesty, you probably want some sort of docile herd animal, don't you? Yes. Like, uh, you know, a pygmy Shetland or pony or something like that. That's very good. Stand there, it's got the nice long hair, and yeah. you can stroke the hair. <laughs> sort of defocus on the hair. Yeah. This is the most thoughtful answer I've had to this. <laughs> the most considered answer. <laughs> And slightly scariest answer. <laughs> uh, and I've, I'll, the follow-up question... And you don't want one that can communicate with uh, humans in any way afterwards. Like did, a did, Where did he touch you? you know, <laughs> 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 don't listen to the pony. A pony... <laughs> pony has an agenda here. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you had to have sex with a Doctor Who alien, do you watch Doctor Who? Well, I thought you were just going to leave it at Doctor then. I no. was think that, yeah, no, that would be fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which one? Do they specialise One of those that? ones that's got a house near the golf course, probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be a humanoid Doctor Who alien. Doctor Hugh alien. Doctor Hugh alien. Hugh, that shows you how much I'm... How well, Doctor, yeah. Who. Doctor, Doctor Hugh. Um, Doctor Who alien. God, I, I, I don't watch enough of them. No, I'm really so sorry. This Some is of the them way, are shapeshifters, aren't they? This is the way we show the, yeah. to the audience who doesn't know about Doctor Who and then they can make their own judgment about it. That's, that's, the, main, that's the main point about that. I really am struggling. I certainly okay. haven't got any names for any. I seem to remember there was one that could uh, you know, adopt any shape she wanted, or am I right. thinking of a different film altogether? You're thinking of... Um I'm thinking of species. X, X, X-Men, aren't I? The, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That yeah, one. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm broaden it out. I'll, I'll have Dr. Xavier. I'll have Dr. Xavier because, yeah. you know, if you can get brakes on the wheelchair, <laughs> there's no way he can go. 
He's already sitting down. You so get to you use can his just... parking uh, yeah. sticker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we'll ask that next time. We'll ask that tomorrow. I remember Davros. I mean, they're yeah, all Davros, loaded. Have Davros. <laughs> Davros, no, not. I, I, I used know. to be so scared of Davros. The Green Death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going anywhere no. this one for me. No, no, no sorry, right. got we, can, we can move on. You know, yeah. we, I've got a lot of questions. I do remember I've there was a loads. really. I didn't watch many of them recently. But I've got kids who aren't quite old enough for them, but probably are now, and I might get the box set. And this is one I'm really looking forward to seeing again. I think it was one of the ones with the uh, uh, the Scots guy who's moved on, David um, Tennant. David Tennant. Yeah. And he goes back to like the French, like the Palace of Versailles, that kind of era. Oh, yeah, Do you remember this. that yeah, one? Yeah. And there was a kind of time tunneling mirror or something, yeah. and then he comes back and he plans to go back and yeah. and she's died in the interim. That's a woman, though, in the, yeah, yeah. the window. It's not a. It's, it's not, not really that's not an alien, isn't it? <laughs> no. Marie Antoinette or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a very attractive French alien, crinoline, with a big busty. I think he went out with her in real life. I'm like, is there any oh, Doctor Who, any Doctor Who aficionados in? Yeah, can yeah. you tell me did, <laughs> what was the character that we were talking about and did David Tennant fuck her? De Pompadour, it was that's right. De Pompadour yeah. and yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they split up, she right? She was well fit, innit? But it was a heartbreaking story. Or something like that. Did yeah. David Tennant end up marrying Peter Davison's daughter? He married, yeah, the one that David Wow. Why yeah. There you go, it's an American Is it big in America now, then? Yes. Wow. Yes, it isn't, yeah. though, is it? It's just you like it. You and some <laughs> other ner- You and some other nerds. <laughs> Like it's there's a great thing in community. Do you watch Community, the TV show? Community? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the, enough. Yeah, 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 there's a great thing they do where they have where he's obsessed with uh, Doctor Space Time or something, isn't it? <laughs> Professor Space Time, who is in a phone box, and it's just but it's really really crap. <laughs> 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 he goes, <laughs> he keeps on going in adventures. Of it. It's very good. A community. I've been yeah, watching yeah. that mainly. I watched uh, I watched uh, Pretty Woman for the first time last night. Have you ever seen? Oh, that? Uh, yeah, very heartwarming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it? I mean, it's sort of. <laughs> I mean, I was actually surprised that he fucks her straight away, right? Basically, I thought it would be a romantic comedy yeah. where he hires a prostitute, but he doesn't have sex with her. Well, I've got to say, galant. having lived on York Way in Holloway, North King's Cross, for yeah. several years, you know, that wasn't to me an absolutely <laughs> nuts and bolts, you know, gritty <laughs> realism kind of version of the, of the whoring trade. Uh, no. <laughs> That's what I felt. She had less <laughs> visible veins <laughs> for a start. <laughs> Well, I've that. It was very definitely been plundered, and it's all sort of based on My Fair Lady a little bit as well. That's yeah. why, or Pygmalion. So I, went, I kind of yeah, wondered what he George does the learning as well. As the other whore has something to teach him, and not just how to get a vein in your eyeball. <laughs> that, that was quite impressive, you know. Yeah. I found it. But what I quite liked about it was that uh, George Costanza from Seinfeld's in it as a bad lord. Do you remember this? Because I don't yeah. know whether it would be that. Because I haven't seen it in 22 years since oh, yeah. it's been out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether people would have recognised. He's gone all of that way and back down yeah, again. But he was, it, I think it might have, Seinfeld might start, but the guy who plays George Costanza plays this kind of slightly seedy evil lawyer who essentially tries to rape Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, dear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's worse than what Kramer did, isn't it? <laughs> and yeah, they... they, they, they <laughs> My favourite moral story in that one, though, is the, the man who's sniffy at her when she tries to shop in the posh boutique and then she comes back and she's got lots of money and he's yeah. forced... You know, because that's an important lesson to learn is don't be mean to people because <laughs> they might be rich one day. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, that is... I think this is true. I think you should be polite to people. There's a story, and I have, don't know the exact details of this, but the guy who made the decision about where to drop the bombs in Japan, the atomic bombs in Japan... Uh, had been to Tokyo on his honeymoon and didn't and had Tokyo? such a nice time. Really? And everyone was so polite to him in Tokyo yeah, that yeah. he didn't bomb Tokyo. Is that really yeah, why? Yeah, so, wow, that's so he chose I to bomb other that. places as well. So there's an, there Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you should be a bit more polite next time. Because if I ever get in charge of some fucking bombs, I <laughs> after this, maybe a bit more polite, and a few more of you come to my fucking show, all right? And then 
maybe you'll survive when I'm in charge of the nuclear bombs. Uh, <laughs> when the, when the, the inevitable England Scotland. That is war. an extraordinary fact, though, because that's one of those things that's. Sort of <laughs> you learn, but you learn about the nuclear bombs at quite an early age, don't you? I, I, yeah. I'm th- I was, I knew about Hiroshima and, Naga, uh, and Nagasaki, wasn't it? The second yeah. one, as as names and, and everything. Before you learn about the geography and everything, of, of, and so you never think to ask the question. And by the yeah. time you go, well, why not Tokyo? Then that would have been the obvious, yeah. and that is, and that is genuinely the reason. I mean, it's a bit tough on the others because even yeah. you didn't go there on no. honeymoon, so it's like, oh, let's go somewhere. I, I bet all those other honeymoon. cities in Japan really pushed with the tourist <laughs> thing after yeah. that. Yeah, but also, you know, you, oh, yeah, well, I, was gonna, I was gonna say I had a very good point. It's gone. Yeah. That's that's the end of Edinburgh for you. Know, that's it's just your brain comes up with something and then it goes. Yeah. There was also something else. No. In a similar vein, I'll never eat a Shetland pony. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not after she was so nice to me. That time exactly. Yeah. You've got to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least not that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I think there might be an England-Scotland war after this particular podcast. It might just be mainly some Scottish people punching me in the face. <laughs> but that's okay. Whatever I can do uh, to assuage your anger. That you seem to have I think it's taken as a, as a, um, uh, a compliment, isn't it, that the, ed- the people in Edinburgh are quite rude? Like in yeah. Paris, it's, it's a kind of, you know, yeah, it's a sign well, of Well, is it? I, you know, I go to the Tempting Tatty uh, potato shop every year, and it used to be run by a very grumpy man, uh, and yeah. now it's run by some very polite people. So you don't no, bother? I don't like no, it as no. much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Al Murray told me yesterday, the guy who used to run the Tempting Tatty now drives a cab in oh, Edinburgh. Oh, really? God, I wouldn't like to be stuck in a, a cab, cab with him. I mean, even even the, the trams. <laughs> yeah, even in the short journeys you have in Edinburgh, being stuck in a tram, and he, he's yeah, going, yeah. he's going, oh, that Stuart Lee's a gentleman, Richard Herring, he's awful, he's a <laughs> terrible man. I got, oh, he's an idiot. I've given him so much publicity. Um, have you ever seen a ghost, Simon? An actual ghost. Yeah, have you ever seen an actual ghost? <laughs> I really haven't. I'm no, afraid. No, I'm right. don't. Can you see Colin? There, there. Yeah, yeah. Can you see him? Well, what, maybe, the bald yeah. guy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, no, don't be careful. No, it's all right. No, it's fine. I'm going as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm creating brothers when yeah. I say that now. Yeah. Does, there is a little bit of I mean, that's why we can see him, because the light sort of... Yeah, right. There's that sort of iridescent light around him. But do, do you know Colin, the lady sitting next to him? No, you could you get to know him. Are you single or in a relationship? Single. Are you single? Hey, Colin. I mean, she's a bit old for you, but... Um, <laughs> Well, if he's a ghost, you know, that's, that's irrelevant, isn't it? Exactly. Once you're a ghost, you can't be a pedo as well. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> Can you? you might go after Casper the friendly ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Casper the over-friendly yeah. ghost. Yeah. Um, can you see him? Yeah, you can see him. Okay, that's all right. As long as you can see him. Some people can see him, some people can't. So oh, really? I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not yeah. sure. It's okay. What do you think? I think ha- that might just be your pointing <laughs> skills. <laughs> oh, there. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> what do you think happens to you when you die, though? Do you think you could come back Rotting as a ghost? Rotting, mainly. Yeah. I think... Um, it's a, my family have got proper ghost believers in have them. My, I've got a very small family. My mother was an only child. I'm an only child. My father has a half-sister, as in, you know, one parent they share, not kind of half of them. <laughs> and um, <laughs> wheeled around. And she is, um, she's both religious. She does all the flower arranging at the local church. They yeah. live in rural Norfolk. But she also believes in ghosts, which are two beliefs that annoy me and also annoy each other. That's what really annoys me. <laughs> she holds this belief in Christian, you know, heaven and everything, and also the idea of ghosts, which is not... 
you can't believe in that if you well, believe. Well, you in could believe bad people. I mean, you can, if you start to believe rubbish, you can believe anything yeah, you no, want. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. If you start to just fantasise, once your rational <laughs> floor is ruptured, you just plummet without <laughs> end. Don't Let's you, break something up. And I, what I imagine is that good people go to heaven and bad people stay here, like in the Patrick Swayze film Ghost. Yeah, until yeah, right. <laughs> uh, maybe people who've got still things have got to sort out. If you've died before your time, somehow yeah. this system that God set up is flawed, and someone yeah. dies a bit early. I've always felt disappointed I've been to loads of places hoping to get spooked out and yeah. I've never been spooked out only in the cinema or whatever that kind of thing but yeah. I've never been on ghost walks I've been in clammy you know well half of Edinburgh's venues nowadays are essentially in what used to be ghost walks aren't they <laughs> and nowadays are considered to be perfectly appropriate situations in which to perform stand up comedy for an hour while the roof drips on you with yeah. this you know but the, the uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've never ever felt that thing, you know, or, or you yeah. know, and everyone goes, oh, but the dog, its hackles went up and it turned out somebody had been murdered there. It, is, oh, that fucking, it really annoys me that I want to feel that sense of supernatural. No, yeah. Nothing, never. No, too logical. You can set me up now, but, uh, yeah. No, it's good, I prefer that. It's a way of finding out if my guest's mental, basically. Okay, right, yeah. <laughs> then I just, then I, <laughs> if I know that they do believe, I go, okay, yeah, I yeah. can discount everything Angels, else you though. say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course, that is fine. Uh, and oh, like you were perform- talking of dripping venues, we were performing together at Setlist the yeah, other day. Yeah, that's fun, isn't is that it? The fir- yeah. 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 Is that the first time you did Setlist? No, that was my second one. Was it your second one? Yeah, it's very, isn't it? It's yeah, it's an amazing thing. It does feel when you do it. Have you been to Setlist, guys? Anyone? Yeah, yeah. It feels when you're doing it. I, I don't, I'm hoping the audience is having as much fun, but as a comedian, it just com- it's like having a bucket of cold water thrown over you. It just completely wakes you up. Yeah. And it feels like that first adrenaline hit that you get when you first do stand-up. I, I don't think, even nowadays, when people see career paths like Russell Howard and what have you, you know, doing arenas, and probably there are people who think, you know, I'd like to be a stand-up comic when I grow <laughs> up as a job. But the... Most people, I think, when they start doing stand-up comedy, they do it for a bit of a laugh. You know, their mates cajole them. You go to a gig and you think, I'll, I could try it. You know, yeah. you're really not thinking, I've worked it all out, and by the, you know, in the year three, I'll get the mortgage and everything. And you get up there, and the amount of adrenaline, the amount of fear. I mean, you're in and out of the bog, uh, literally half a dozen times <laughs> in the five minutes. You know, and it's really. The absolutely excruciating terror that you feel, and you go up and you do your five minutes, and it works, even if it works a bit. Yeah. And you get off the adrenaline, the change, the body chemistry is just so addictive, isn't it? Yeah, and well, you, know, you can't wait to get back up there, you know. Well, it is, you know. but it can also go wrong, you know. That's yeah, yeah, known. yeah. So there is generally, but in case anyone doesn't know what it is, they basically, you know, as a comedian or a musician, you have a set list to remind you of what's coming up next, which is usually just a couple of words about that remind you of it. But you're, in this show, you're given a set list that someone else has made up and you have to pretend it's your yeah, actual yeah. set and make up a set on the spur of the moment. So it's properly improvised, yeah. unlike, as Matt Kirshen points well, out, Mock the Week. That's right. That and, you've been on, <laughs> so and unlike, you know what, I mean, it's unlike your first five minutes in that, that you've usually written some stuff out for your first yeah, five yeah. minutes, but you feel the same fear and yeah. it just takes you back there and it's brilliant. And it is all about that because you do lose that and you, you, know, you can go weeks, gigs, you know, come and go and you just don't feel, you know... People go, how can you eat before the gig? You know, because just like in the same way that you can eat before you go back to work in the afternoon. You know, that's all it is now. But it shouldn't be. It should be like a really. You should feel that fear. Whether it's then justifiable and valid to somehow create a device, you know, a mechanism in your own show that people have paid to come and see you perform, you know, a a rehearsed and written hour. Whether you should then introduce an element that you can't control in order to. Raise your own address. I don't, I've been wondering about that, and well, I genuinely I saw, don't know. But I saw getting because, like, with my talking cock show, for example, this is a very scripted show that I very, very rarely because I've got to get yeah. everything, especially in Edinburgh. I've got to get everything in in an hour, so I will occasionally ad lib <laughs> and I'll occasionally introduce something from the audience. Yeah. But basically, I've got to get everything in, so I can't afford to do to step out of it. Whereas this show, as you may have noticed, yeah. we've not done very much preparation. No, for no, it exactly. At all, yeah. In the extent that we, yeah, I'm just making up questions that occur. And to if me I as was you, happen. if I was you, I'd be quite adrenalised coming yeah. out here. For me, it feels. 
feels like if it screws up, it's only your reputation yeah, that suffers. You know, if there's you know, 30 people I, here who might, what I've, are they going to tell? I've done so many good ones that I think people would blame you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but then you know you get reviews you get reviewed some you know someone will go I got like a review of talking ox saying it's over rehearsed you know like yeah. it's, so they want they they come expecting wanting something else I, they think this is over no they think talking cock is oh, over right. <laughs> Which, you know I mean it's, re- it's very they think the t- what do you, you want know, a man smearing <laughs> shit on the wall <laughs> 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 talking cock talking cock help is, me <laughs> talking cock is a very slick show so it is rehearsed I don't see right. being over rehearsed as no. being a bad thing if you're trying to do a slick show yeah. but it's like when rev- when reviewers or decide they judge a show by what they want a show to be yeah, yeah. so I think you, you as an act decide what I you want I put a, a thing on my press release this year and, it, and, and my show changed before I got here anyway but I described myself in what I thought was obviously ironic terms as a fearsome iconoclast which I'm not you know I'm really <laughs> quite clearly not an iconic I'm not one of these kind of you know tear everything down and that, but obviously, a couple of reviewers who came in said, "I don't think Simon Evans is that fierce." Enough. And I kind of said, "Fucking sarcasm, you!" Can't. But, yeah. but we need—we talk about it on Twitter as well, don't we? Yeah. You need the sarcasm font yes, so people know when you're joking sometimes, because yeah. they don't have the context and they go, "You know, I haven't heard of Simon Evans, but clearly he's the new Lenny Bruce." Let's go and see. You know, <laughs> no, I'm not. And so you're—you're you're about to shoot off in about ten minutes' time. Oh yeah, for a pl- sorry, for a yeah. <laughs> so that's just my cat. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, is so it what, ten minutes now? No, no, it's about five. Yeah, yeah, five, five minutes. Yeah. Wow, hasn't the time? Uh, it has flown okay. by. Um, what is the play you're doing? What's, what's this? It's called about? Coalition. I don't know if anyone's seen it. Oh, yes. Yeah, did you yes. enjoy it? It's not bad, it's is it? I, I have a very small role, but it's a lovely role because I come in in the very last scene as the Prime Minister, and it's very clearly based on the situation. The na- names are changed, but yeah. it mainly focuses on the Nick Clegg character and his basically his demise in the final days of Coalition. Right. And um, and it's gone really well. And I come in as, as this sort of David Cameron type figure, give him a pat on the back, you know, issue a couple of you know uh, bad luck old chap. Tried to run with the big boys, didn't quite make it, <laughs> did you? But um, you know, and then I'm off again. But it's it's gone really well. It's sold out now, I think, to the okay. end of the run. But it's going to have a London. Uh, running it, God knows it may tour. I doubt I will be touring with it because you know, theatre is a fantastic thing to be able to do when you come to Edinburgh doing your own show. But the yeah. money just doesn't stack up, even if you're like the, the you know, the, you know, most most actors are, uh, until they get TV or commercial work, you know, just uh, they, yeah, they live on. A well, you know, you're you're, you're you being a part it. of some uh, someone else's thing, and you're only getting a proportion of the money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. tour on your own Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, and it's great fun. So if I'm around anywhere where it's in, you yeah. know, I'll do it again. But it, it really is lovely. The lovely thing about doing a play as well when you're at Edinburgh is it does create a sense of community, you know, and you yeah. do have that kind of slightly family thing because otherwise you are just a you know, a ball-bearing, ruddling around <laughs> in the gutters of Edinburgh all on your own, you know. Yeah. We drink to forget, but it's, it's there in the morning. <laughs> uh, cool, and you, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to because your family been up, you, got, you have got family, have they been I up have to Edinburgh? have, genuine family as yeah. well, yeah, yeah. There's, um, yeah. <laughs> I always wonder whether, I talk about my kids, I've got two kids now, I've always wondered whether to create a, a, an invented third child who, who just didn't want to be in the jokes, like the third Osborne, right. you know, who <laughs> <laughs> just refused to be in the TV series. But uh, yeah, I've got two kids, they came yeah. up, and my wife came up as well, and um, it was lovely, took the kids to loads of shows, wife had had them on her own for about three weeks by that point, so she basically, as always happens, you know, just collapsed and had a 
complete meltdown. Which is as soon as you could. Oh, thank Christ! Took to bed with a bottle of vodka. But yeah. Um, I, um, yeah, took. There's some great stuff for kids here these days. Uh, mm. it didn't used to be the case, did it? Used to be. No, uh, there is much more. My, yeah. The first show I did was a kids show in 1987, but that was like, yeah, there weren't very many going around when we were students. It's called yeah. Old King Cole by Ken Campbell. But you, oh, brilliant! Oh, yeah. yeah, loved him. What you are married now, right? I am married. Are Look, you planning so family as well? Then is that? Well, that's I know a very I'll personal ask the questions. question. Yeah, just before I uh, go. I'm, you know, I, you know, sometimes I have sex with my wife. Yeah. And, uh, and you leave we'll it up to God I, to decide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really would like to have kids, though. I'm, you know, I'm conscious that I'm getting a, a, I'm an old You're running man. out of show ideas, uh, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's at least two or three in that. <laughs> well, you know, most acts seem to just be able to come and they have kids and then they talk about it forever. Yeah, hey, there, right. is, there is quite a lot in there. <laughs> but, yeah, we are, I, know, I've been, I like to, but it's kind of odd being a bit older. I mean, Stu's, yeah. uh, Stu's about a little bit younger than me, only a year younger than me. But he's what are you? I'm 45. I'm a lot fitter than he is, so I think I could cope with it better. But uh, but you know, he's saying how hard, you know hard it is as being an older dad, having you know yeah, he's got yeah. four or five year old kid, and yeah, you know, that's kind of no, it is hard, yeah, and it's not it's not a family friendly job. It's a kiddie no. friendly job, but it's not a wife friendly job. No. You, you play with the kids all day, and then you bugger off in the evening when they, she just sits at home, you know, listening to them shout yeah. upstairs. Yeah, it, and it's it, it, must be hard to be. I mean, my wife, you know, is a comedian doing a show in Edinburgh, so I see her all. You know, when we, yeah. so actually for us it's quite nice. It means we see a lot more of each other yeah, yeah. than we do when I'm on tour. So it's, it, does she? It, is she kind of understanding of that uh, lifestyle? No, she doesn't like no. it at all. And the annoying <laughs> thing is, she actually went out with another comedian for four years before me. I think you know him, yeah. Jason Freeman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve Crosby, real name. But Jason Freeman used to be a comic. Great guy. She went out with him for four years. I thought she that would, you know, she would by then have worked out what the deal was. But uh, <laughs> no, apparently it's my fault. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> And you and have s- stick with the ponies next time. Yeah, yeah. you have written. You write. You're one of these acts who writes a lot for other comedians as well. Well, I used to, in the past, but yeah. that was a thing that I did a lot more when I did have when the kids were young, and yeah. when it genuinely was very disruptive to go away a lot and gig and do weekends at Jonglers for you know, five hundred yeah. quid and you're away for three days. So I took a lot more writing work. I've now decided to stop doing that so much. I write yeah. for one or two particular things, but actually, you only come up. I think I don't know whether how you find it with writing when you sit down to do a day's writing you get very little brand new jokes from scratch. What yeah. normally happens is whatever it is that you see prompts something you thought of a couple of weeks or months or years ago, you yeah. know, and you go, oh, that, that reminds I can use that there, you know. Well, if you're writing for somebody else and they do these things, you, they're not getting a day's work out of you. They're basically trawling your entire memory for anything good you've got. <laughs> yeah. And if you withhold it from them, thinking, no, I don't want him to have that because, you know, I want to use that for my show, well, then you're, you're cutting them down, really. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's, you can't... I think you've got to decide, basically, and it's hard enough to get ahead in this job as it is without giving half your rocket fuel to some other bastard. So, <laughs> you know, put it under your own It ship, is an odd you know. thing. I mean, I'm, see, as a comedian, I, would don't, I don't think I'd ever want anyone else to write, from, certainly my stand-up. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing, like, a TV show and... You know, Writing stand-up is really hard. And I, when I was panicking about two months ago, I actually asked a couple of people who I think are very funny on Twitter but aren't professional comics at all. I asked them to see if they wanted to contribute oh, some right, stuff. Yeah. And I paid them, you know, for their time. And, uh, and they were all very happy with it. And I got this stuff. And the tweets are really funny. There was not a single line in it I could use. No. And that doesn't reflect their writing. It's just stand-up is too personal. You I think it is. You know, I think yeah. if you're doing it well, I think if you're doing it well, I mean, it's not true of everyone because there are some people who can just do gags and that's fine. But I yeah. think it has to be... Reno, Stu talks about this. If anyone else can do your act, yeah, then you should change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the. And if Jim Davidson can do it, you should just give up. (laughs) (laughs) it's true. It's true. But look, I think I should let you crack on. I'm worried about you missing your. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Simon Evans, ladies and gentlemen, go and go and see him. Good night. The Coalition and his own show, and. um, so we're going to uh, slightly earlier than usual. We'll have our uh, stand-up swap. I'm going to then talk to our stand-up because. Uh, it's, it's
fantastic, uh, who again I saw at Setlist and absolutely killed it at Setlist uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so will you please welcome, he's Welsh. Let's see if I can say anything to offend them. <laughs> State seaweed, fuck them. Uh, will you please welcome Lloyd Langford. Hello. Uh, my name is Lloyd here, and I'm Welsh. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> you made me feel really welcome there. A hundred percent of you just staring uncomfortably. <laughs> Truly is a pleasure to be here. Uh, well worth that long walk. <laughs> I, I, this is weird, because I, I usually... My Edinburgh show, I come on uh, to music, I come on to the French national anthem, uh, just because I think it's an excellent piece of music. It really gets me in the mood. Uh, I'm not a fan of the British national anthem. I don't think it makes any sense when you think about it. God save the Queen. You're essentially asking someone who doesn't exist to protect someone who shouldn't. <laughs> it's like asking Super Ted to look out for Gary Glitter. <laughs> I want to tell you a story about the time I crashed a camel. <laughs> I went on holiday to Egypt. It was just a beach holiday. I was just supposed to be relaxing for a week. And after a few days on the beach, I got a bit bored, right? And I thought I'd book myself on a snorkeling trip. So uh, a guy came in a 4x4. Four four. It was £50, right? And I got into the 4x4. Four four. We drove for about four hours, and then he was like, right, everyone get out. We all got out, and I, <coughs> I looked around. I couldn't help but notice we're in the middle of the desert. <laughs> I thought to myself, I'm not an expert snorkeler. <laughs> Somebody has most definitely made a mistake in this year's situation. I went up to the guy, I was like, what's happening? He goes, oh, it's fine, what happens now is basically you get on a camel, and then you ride to the sea, and then you can go snorkeling. And I was like, I don't really want to ride a camel, right? I want to go snorkeling. I booked to go snorkeling. Now I find myself in the midst of this North African version of the Krypton factor, you know. <laughs> You're thrown in extra fucking stages I hadn't planned for, you know. I wasn't happy. I don't know if you've ever been on a camel, but... Uh, yeah, they're not very nice animals, are they? Like, the best way I can describe them... Camels, right? They're a lot like premiership footballers. They spit, and they kick, and you wouldn't want one to fuck your sister. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a caravan, which is a line of camels. I have a guy with me, a uh, camel wrangler, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, camel wrangler is a bit of an odd turn of phrase, but the antecedent in America is cowboy, and if I said camel boy, it kind of conjures up images of some hairy-faced little freak, right? Uh, it was just a normal man, right? And he was like, this camel you're on is absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. It's absolutely fine, right? You haven't got any worries with this one. However, there's loads of other camels kind of milling around the sand dunes, and they're wild. They're wild camels. They're properly wild stay away from them. And I was on my camel, I was thinking, I think I've been given a wild one. It smells very strongly of poo and it's kind of doing what it wants to, you know. I'd hardly call it debonair, you know, it's not the fucking Cary Grant of camels. Anyway, two of these wild camels, they really were wild, right? Uh, they started having sex with each other um, outside and uh, <laughs> I guess that's not actually that wild, is it? 
that's a normal habitat for camel sex. If they were like properly wild, they'd be like fucking in a bungalow or something. Uh, my camel, taking my premiership football analogy uh, slightly too uh, seriously, decided he would like to get involved <laughs> without even being asked. I don't know if you've ever been on the back of a camel galloping towards two other camels <laughs> in the midst of aggressive sexual congress and was suddenly struck by the realisation I'm about to be involved in a foursome. <laughs> <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong, has always been a dream of mine, but uh, on this occasion I can't help but notice none of the other participants are human. <laughs> My future was getting closer and closer to actually happening, and it was I could see it was a dromedary clusterfuck. And, and, and the wrangler, he wasn't helping, because in the distance, he's shouting, Tug! Tug! And I'm not sure whether he's talking about the reins or whether I should kind of start myself off, right? Because <laughs> Carmel's notoriously disinterested in foreplay, so this is when I made the life-or-death decision. I decided to crash the camel. I grabbed my arms around the camel's neck and just jumped off the camel, hoping my momentum would take the camel over with me, you know. I just thought to myself at that moment, I'd much rather be crushed to death by a falling camel than fucked to death by three camels. <laughs> End up on some late-night BBC Free documentary, Britain's Funniest Animal Rape Deaths. <laughs> As the camel was falling towards me, I was really zen. I was just thinking to myself, I'm, I'm cool with this situation because I've already imagined the alternative. <laughs> and this is infinitely better than being repeatedly pin-cushioned by three hairy dicks. <laughs> I guess that doesn't even make sense, does it, three? <laughs> I guess at least one of them would be in the female. <laughs> I'm starting to look at this much more glass half full now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was gang-raped by three camels, but it wasn't entirely homosexual gang-rape, no. I got a bit of action out of it. <laughs> I think that's, uh, I've, that's about five minutes, wasn't it? Thank you. <laughs> Lloyd Langford, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to... This is like the uh, Johnny Carson show, where the stand-up does so well, they get to talk to me. After that's what happens, if, if you're really good, it's only because Simon's gone. Who was uh, the comic on the Johnny Carson show? Because Johnny Carson was uh, telling him to wrap up. Do you know this story? No, go. The comic was tell, uh, Johnny Carson was telling him to wrap up, and he did this to Johnny Carson <laughs> on the show, and uh, was never, ever booked on the show right. ever again. I think it was Henny... Do you know? Well, it was Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. So yeah. It's like Wikipedia, this audience. They're very good. <laughs> If you, if you had to choose someone at the front row to know the answer to that, you would choose, it wouldn't be her, would it be him? <laughs> he's got glasses, he's clever. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he made a rude uh, hand sign for the people at home. So, what was, what's your show this year, Lloyd? Where, is, where are you on? Uh, I'm on at the assembly rooms on George Street, the one connected to the stand. Oh, cool, cool. Um, and my show is essentially a shaggy dog story where fuck all happens for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story about a day I went to the shop to buy some bread. Right. And uh, that, that is not a clever double bluff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did a show quite similarly a few years ago where about I. Oh, the yogurt. About the yogurt, yeah, well, but it wasn't the whole show. It was most of it, though, where I bought nine yogurts from a supermarket and the woman said, Oh, someone likes yogurt. 
And then, I, then I did a routine about how I didn't particularly like yogurt for 25... 20, I, made it for I, an think hour I, I think I saw you do it for about 40 minutes. Yeah, once. well, I did it an hour. One, I did two specials in Edinburgh where I did it for an hour, but no one came to the first <laughs> one. <laughs> so I did it. I did one special in Edinburgh where I just made it last, the, just the yogurt, for a complete hour talking about yogurt and about why I don't like it particularly. <laughs> so I like the sound of your show. Yeah, <laughs> the initial idea was to do three 20-minute sets yeah. about three separate subjects and I found that a bit tricky so uh, there are really long ex- there's a l- there's probably about five to ten minutes on bread <laughs> and about five to ten minutes on uh, face trump transplants okay <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's, but is I there a neat link in between the two <laughs> is it kind of go talking of bread <laughs> you know what it's like when you put a piece of bread on your face it feels a bit like some skin on your face is that how you get there it feels a bit like uh, and you've got someone else's face on your face I wish we could have worked o- workshopped my show <laughs> <laughs> before Edinburgh that was a much neater segue <laughs> <laughs> but like my, someone like Shoggart was the Daily Telegraph worst comedy experience of 2005. So the whole year, not just the, the fringe. <laughs> At the end of the year, the journalist decided that was the worst thing he'd seen in the whole of his life, in the whole of the year, in all comedy across all mediums. There must have been worse comics touring in 2005. You would think so. Like, you know, I'll, I'll put it into some perspective. Titty Bang Bang was on TV <laughs> that, that year. <laughs> that's that's how bad he felt it was. I felt it was I felt it was quite a good show, I think and I felt it was quite good to get that award. It was the only award I'd won at that point. Isn't that funny that your comedy so annoyed the reviewer yeah. that he singled it out and remembered it six months later? And the show was about kind of partly about annoying people, so it was about kind of doing this stuff for a long time and seeing the people who found it funny and seeing the people who uh, who didn't like yeah. it so much. So it kind of was good. That that happened. Who was the journalist? Dominic, one of the Dominics. Yeah, Dominic Maxwell. He's given me some nice reviews. He did say in the review, it's made you wonder if Richard Herring has ever been funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he's trying to say you've got potential. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. It's it's like I'd pulled some magic trick for the 15 years before there where people had thought I was amusing and then suddenly, no. No, he's not. This is so bad, it makes all the jokes he's t- told before that works yeah, not work. It's like the, the end of that episode <laughs> of Dallas where it turns out the previous season has been a dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe my life was a dream. So well, I'll ask you this question, but you've sort of not almost answered it in your routine. I will ask the question I ask everyone because it would be a shame not to. No, I wouldn't. I would not have sex with a camel. No, obviously not. I suppose you've answered one of the ones it wouldn't be. If you had to have sex with an animal, which animal would you choose? Um, you can choose anyone. It can be a species or a particular animal that you like. I did an Edinburgh in my Edinburgh show last year. I told a story about a guy. He was a tourist uh, in London, and he had sex with a pigeon in Trafalgar Square. <laughs> it was a genuine story. How did in what oral cloacal? What cloacal, was it? Was yeah. It cloacal, sex? Uh, cloacal sex. And the tr- the he the got good thing about having sex with a cloaca is it's all the exit points at once. So it's actually <laughs> you're having anal, you're having vaginal, you're having urethral sex. It's essentially as well. a threesome. It is. <laughs> You're doing all, all, every hole at once with the cloaca. Cloaca, of course, as you know, comes from the Latin for sewer. It's the name of a bird section and a lizard section. Look, what's wrong with you people? Do you know, don't you know this? I just thought I'd help you out a little bit for he, a few people. He was know. a. How did he? What did he? Do? Would he actually have his he, cock out in a? Picture? Yeah, he was a, a tourist. So <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't familiar with British customs. <laughs> He uh, took the pigeon home and uh, cooked it and ate it afterwards and got fined. How do you know all this? 
I was, there. was it you? No, it wasn't. F- Wales, you come from Wales and get yourself as a tourist. <laughs> <laughs> I was a tourist. It happened in the 50s. F- oh, and it? I used to ask the audience if you could have sex with any bird, what yeah. bird did you have sex with in the show? And the best answer I had. Look, that's, that man has gone to find he's the gone pigeon to, right uh, now. Collect a bag of breadcrumbs. Now he's heard about the cloacas. <laughs> um, I asked the audience if they could have sex with any bird, what would they have sex with? And the guy in the front said, I'd have sex with an owl. And I said, why? And he said, because whatever position you were doing, you'd always be able to maintain full eye contact. It's <laughs> <laughs> very good. I saw a massive... I was on the way here, I saw a massive seagull. You know, they're a big seagull. Oh, that would... They do, are so... They're that, so would, that would do damage, it I think. It would. But I think, that, I think the dinosaurs might be making a comeback. It was so big that I think... <laughs> I think it's just the first step. Because dinosaur birds are used to be dinosaurs. Oh, do, 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 am I just teaching you new stuff here <laughs> about birds? I mean, maybe you've just I've come It's a group of people who've had the part of their brain that deals with birds removed. <laughs> they, don't know, they don't know anything about birds. Birds were originally dinosaurs, basically. That's the theory. Uh, and the dinosaurs have evolved into birds, the ones that survived. I think I've got... I think but they could go back the other way, couldn't they? And that but it was a bit... It was big. <laughs> it was like it was scarily big and they could have just been doing surreptitiously it's like that uh, brilliant Harry Hill routine about making the mash bigger have you seen the one about <laughs> going downstairs and making the mash scoop just a little bit bigger every night because <laughs> they want a bit more mash and he goes, it's a brilliant you've got to see him do it it's fantastic but it ends, in the, it ends up where the mash thing is so big by doing it a little bit so you can't notice every night that it's so big there's like teams of men coming in peeling potatoes <laughs> and, each, and each scoop of mash and he goes, if anything, we was a bit too much mash. <laughs> it's good. I've, I haven't done it justice. But it, maybe the birds are doing the same thing. Just but you wouldn't know. It's bit by bit. Each, it's like children, the way they grow, Lloyd. Have you but, seen it? But it's just gradual. Seagulls can, uh, are kind of notorious for swooping down and stealing chips. Yeah. And I think the moment they started swooping down and maybe stealing babies, <laughs> <laughs> you'd kind of twig and go. Maybe. I think I've got an answer for the question, the, the animal question. Oh, yeah. I'd have sex with uh, like a gummy snake. <laughs> okay, well, a, a sweet one, one that's actually made of sweets. A gummy snake, like you buy in a shop. And then it'd been defanged. Oh, okay, a gummy snake. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like an aged snake. Because they'd be still trying to bite, but they wouldn't be able to do any harm. Is yeah, that the they theory? Get a lot of and they can sort of regurgitate down. You're right. I think a snake is the best. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you include oral sex within that, I mean, if it's anal sex, it might not be as good. No. I don't know if they can do it in reverse. No. And if it was a constrictor as well, kinky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, I think that might be the best answer to that question. No, we're going to um, we're going to have a competition now where the audience can win this amazing stuff. I didn't mention there's also um, a sherbet fountain. Yeah. So now you got excited and some badges and some stand uh, merchandise. I thought you one said, of those to Colin. Thought, thought, Colin, if you accept this, then you are accepting. By accepting this, you're accepting that you will not sue me for the things you didn't, you haven't yet heard in yesterday's podcast. <laughs> you saw that he accepted it, he took it. Legally, he is now. I can say anything about him I like. Um, so uh, what we do, we're going to make some statements that are either true or false. You have to decide if they're true or false. Uh, if you get it wrong, you have to sit down. So we need you all to stand up. Uh, and then if you get through to the end, you are the winner. Um, Although I did have a, I did have a feeling I might go higher or lower on today, so I thought I might do a higher or lower version. But okay. I might do, I'll do true, I'll do that tomorrow. We'll do true or false today. So we're, we're going to make statements. If you think they're true, put your hands on your head. If you think they're false, put your hands on your bottom, and you can win all this amazing stuff. The Dave Warburton. <laughs> a lot of people are very excited about the Dave Warburton sign program. The Dave Warburton. Um, let me have a think. I haven't really thought about. Um, uh, I've uh, got one. Oh, go on, go on, go on. Um, I once beat David Tennant, who was mentioned earlier on, yeah. in an arm wrestle. True or false? Yeah. Yeah. 
No, he says false, and he knows a lot about stuff. What, what's the answer? True. It is true. You're wrong. Bad luck, Professor. Sit down. So sit down. How, what was the circumstances behind that? Uh, it was for a television show. Oh. And uh, I kind of cheated because I held onto the table, but he did as well. <laughs> you defeated Doctor Who. He's got two hearts. <laughs> but really weak wrists. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I this sherbet fountain here. I once um, had a sherbet fountain and I uh, put it out, cut it out into lines and snorted it as if it was cocaine. Is that true or false? A lot of people are going for true. They are a lot. Most going. It's a shame for them because it's false. I would never take drugs, and if I was going to take cocaine, I'd take fucking cocaine. Do you think I'm mad? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got another one? Yeah, Russell Kane is thirty. <laughs> true. <laughs> True or false? I think it's definitely false. <laughs> Though don't verify that with Russell Key. <laughs> There's a lot of comedians saying they're younger than they are. So we're down to about four or five, six, maybe. Um, let me see if I've got... Uh, uh, Dave Warburton uh, lost his virginity to a 45-year-old woman. Is that true or false? The email tell me that. Is that true or false? That's false. What do you think was wrong with him? He's an 18 years old boy. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. So who's still in? You're still in there? Is that? I can't see if you're. A, I'm assuming from your size you're a woman, uh, but I can't say. And is there a man behind you? You still in, or you just sort of lurking, hoping you might be able to grab that woman? You're still in, and you're still in. So we need. Another, you got another one? Um, yeah. Down. My flat in Edinburgh this year has both a jacuzzi and a baby grand piano. True or false? Oh. I think three, three have gone for false, one for true. As far as I can see, unless there's someone else at the back. What is the answer? True. It is true. So sit down. I think we've got down to one man. Anyone else claiming they're still in? No, you've won, sir. Congratulations. <laughs> this is all for you. Take that. Take some of this stuff as well. Uh, you get those tickets. You get one, some of those. Fantastic. Um, uh, Donate them at yourself. If anyone wants those tickets, go and grab that man. You can mug him. Oh, just chucking them around. I've got some, I've got some more as well. Uh, you've been very helpful. You can have a ticket to Steve Gribben. You've been delightful. And I'd want to make, I want you to have the chance to see something you might enjoy. So go and see. <laughs> oh, and there's some... The people giving away their tickets. The man's come up. He's got uh, Sean Hughes tickets that are worth £28. Who would like to see Sean Hughes tomorrow night? That's well, first in. For, you know, all I can see. Oh, and your sherbet dip, sir. Then that's the main thing. And uh, I'll give you a badge, madam. I'll give you both a badge, because you've sat very politely at the front. And that is something. And, I'll, and there you can have that, because I know you. <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you very much to our two guests. We give up for Lloyd Langford, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Uh, wish I could have talked to him for longer. Uh, maybe next year. And Simon Evans, we're back tomorrow uh, with some other people. I've forgotten who is going to be on. Thank you.